0: Today's episode is sponsored by Let's Make Art. Let's Make Art is a crafting company that aims to help everyone channel their inner artist, whether you're three or 63.
1: If you're like me and you work with or have kids who love working with their hands, sometimes it can be hard coming up with new things to do. I know personally, I'm so tired of making slime and I'm so glad that Let's Make Art has a monthly kid subscription box for ages 5 to 11. Each box has the supply step-by-step instructions and free video tutorials that will allow your kids to use their imagination and feel the joy of creating something on their very own.
0: They also have an art journaling box subscription, which includes ad-free tutorials, a box of art and course supplies, and other bonus content. I highly recommend this for folks who are interested in more creative ways of journaling. Let's make art simple together. Check
1: out Let's Make Art today by going to our special link, zen.ai, who do plant mamas, that's z.e.n.ai/slash who do plant mamas to get 20% off coupon code is activated at checkout let's start the show
0: who do plant mamas get your soul fed and your spirit red this year and the trend i possess the power from way back when back when folks were stripped from all, all of their kin their so they had to find the magic, magic within
1: so I got, I got ancestors on my together my earth
0: Conjure, my Who do plant mama I manifest growth and I release trauma. Child, We just out here trying to water our plants and mind our business you know everybody from the deep south man everybody can't have a culture like us
1: Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Hoodoo Plant Mamas. I am one of your co-hosts Lynn Nicole, and I'm Danny B. Today before we
0: get started, Danny B, how have you been doing? Um I'm doing okay. I have turned in all of my thesis stuff and I defend in about 2 weeks, a little under 2 weeks, and I'm on the job market, which has been a little depressing, but I'm trying to have a more positive. I don't think I have had a very positive outlook, and I don't think that's helpful. Um so that's what's going on with me. What about you? First off, congratulations <laughs> and good luck with the
1: job search. Um, Me, I'm not even going to lie. I've been so tired these this past week, especially. And I just wake up and my body's aching. And I had this dream that was like, you have mono. And I was like, do I actually have mono? I got tested for COVID. I'm negative for COVID. Um, But I did have like, I got really sick at the end of 2020 and i didn't have COVID, but i did have a virus and so i feel similar to that right now so i was like i probably just have another
0: virus it's not COVID, but yeah i feel like shit but i'm here man it'd be like that we'd be showing up thank god this is bi-weekly yeah the weekly girls do it <laughs> i don't need that um well what are you
1: grateful for today I'm going to say I am grateful right now for the weather. It got nice and cool. It's 70 degrees right now, which is nice because like four days ago, it was 90. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I'm very
0: grateful for this cool cool snap that's going on right now. Listen, I would love me some 90 degree weather. (laughs) It's 70 right now. It's supposed to get up to 80. The sun is out. Thank God. I'm just... So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the sun because apparently it's supposed to be raining tomorrow and Tuesday and possibly Wednesday. So I'm not gonna disrespect mother nature but girl you got me up. (laughs) I'm pissed (laughs) but yeah that's what I'm grateful for today. So today I wanted to talk about social media and call out culture. So I've been thinking a lot about This idea of call out culture, which in a lot of cases is like an attempt to hold people accountable for saying harmful and problematic things. Of course, I don't think it always comes from a good place. There's a lot of like posturing that occurs on social media where people would have you to believe like they came out the womb talking about intersectionality and all of that. So it's like we all started somewhere. We all had to learn and are constantly having to learn how to be good people. And so that's one of the things that I've been struggling with. How do we hold people accountable on social media in productive ways? Um, So Leah, to start us off, what are your thoughts on like these social media call outs? And do you think they can be effective?
1: I think for like people like me and you, we kind of had the benefit of doing a lot of growing up off of social media. So people didn't really get to see a lot of the problematic <laughs> and harmful shit that we've did, Because even now, like thinking back to when I was a child, I was like, I said and did so much shit, but I didn't know any better. And now people are doing that stuff online and there's going to be a record of it forever. So I do have some some empathy for them. I think it is important to hold people accountable, but oftentimes what I see with call-outs they're rarely used effectively. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if you remember, but I remember early 2020, Ari Lennox was on Twitter and she would just say some things. She'd be like, oh, I'm angry about this. I'm thinking about this. And people would constantly be like, we have to cancel Ari Lennox. We have to cancel her. And while I thought like what she was saying was like, girl, okay, whatever. I didn't think it was cancelable. I was like, she's just saying, you know, things are on the top of her mind. I forgot, I've I even forgot what it was. But I remember at the time I'm like, girl is not that serious like um she just needs maybe to learn some things she just needs to maybe she's still is she 30 I don't know if she's 30 yet she may still be in her 20s she's still very young (laughs) she just needs to to learn some stuff and it wasn't she wasn't being violent she wasn't being abusive so I didn't really understand why people were like rushing to cancel her and I think a lot of times when I see these call outs it's usually to black women who do like one little itsy bitsy mistake. It's like they deserve to be punished for doing half of a crime.
0: Yeah. And I also want to like clarify, I'm not talking about calling out like abusers because fuck them, but I'm talking about people that are like ideologically are not maybe evolved at the level that you are. I know who I was in my early twenties and late teens while I was probably a little more and probably for you too, Leah, because we're, we are drawn to writing. We're poets. We are always questioning things. I was probably a little more evolved than a lot of the people around me, but I still wasn't, you know, I still had a lot of internalized classism, anti-blackness, all of that. So I've been struggling with like this fine line between shaming people into doing better and actually ca- lovingly calling them in. But my Big issue is the way folks with power and visibility on social media, like wield that against um, folks, especially young people when they say something shitty, because I feel like at some point if you done written books and you on CNN or wherever the fuck talking about race and, and power and all of this, if you say something and young people say, Hey, that's fucked up. And then you try to like, wield that in that like oh y'all don't know anything or oh here come the woke generation da 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 I don't understand that like rejection to criticism now I do understand how it can um feel like a pile-on right and those pile usually like you said happens to black women I think people are a little more um harsher to black women but sometimes y'all are just wrong sometimes black women are wrong A lot of time, men are wrong. I'm not arguing with them. For me, a lot of them are lost cause. As soon as they start quoting Kevin Samuels or something, you're blocked. I don't have anything. But black women who I know can do better, girl, you need to just take it and log off and go talk to your friends. Or like, don't take it, but go talk to somebody. I don't want to say that y'all should take that kind of abuse. But some of it ain't abuse. Some of y'all just be loud and wrong. (laughs) And I think it's okay to be loud and
1: wrong, but like a lot of people don't admit it. Something that you said earlier that I think is true is like a lot of these people who have been on CNN, CNN, who are in these positions of power, I understand what it's like sometimes if you have knowledge that other people don't have, and then they argue with you about like, what do you know? I understand kind of getting frustrated with that because you're like, I know more than you, but it's also at the same time, like it's not fair to either people. Like you have a more advanced understanding of race, gender, class than this other person does. And that other person doesn't want to listen to you either. And so it's just, it's frustrating all the way around, but I do agree. Like, I don't think it's fair to like attack someone else. And I don't, I also don't think the pile on is fair either. I just don't think any anybody is getting fair treatment in this.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's complicated because sometimes when I see people, particularly like the blue checks say something harmful, and then not only do you have all these people in your comments saying, oh, it's fine, or they're just this, and they're just that, and I can't believe people are doing this to you when you were wrong, I have little empathy for the pal because at this point, you think you are above reproach, and y'all don't have friends, y'all don't have group chats. I put stuff in the group chat and my friends have been like, girl, do not sweep that. <laughs> Y'all need that. Y'all don't have that. I'll say for me, I've always revered black women in positions of power. Like, let me let me rephrase that. In certain positions that I aspire to, so like professors, teachers, um, black women, period. But when when there are black women in positions that I aspire that I have aspired to, writers, I really revere them. And there was one black woman I actually met her. I I heard her speak at in at my university, um, my first graduate degree, my first graduate program. And I was just like in awe, like I just felt that everything she's saying, she's like very feminist, very pro-black woman. And then I witnessed her. Now, someone already told me this about her, but I was like, oh, I didn't see that. And I met her and I had my feelings about her and I didn't want to. For me, it was like, well, I didn't experience that with her. And I'm sorry you did, but I'm still going to follow and support this lady. And then I witnessed it where she got into it. With another black woman And then made a note That like oh it's so Great when a PhD student um Tries to argue with me Somebody gonna remember who this is And that's fine I'm not dropping names This episode but <laughs> I remember being like That's so shitty Like what does her being a PhD student have to do With anything both of y'all loud and wrong Y'all both arguing about Guess who they were arguing about Bernie Sanders and fucking Hillary Clinton, like both of y'all look crazy arguing about these white people. It was during election season (laughs) to try to like do this whole power play, like somebody with a PhD can't, can't tell you wrong. I can't argue with you. Like, I think that's wild. And for me, I can't respect that. You can't be a feminist and then talk down to black women or assume that black women who ain't on your level at education wise can't challenge you. Especially when y'all both wrong. I, I just got to emphasize. They was both looking like Boo Boo the Fool. So that thing happens. But another thing happened recently. I don't know how I ever felt about this woman. I felt like every time I see her, you know, she was getting praised for this really beautiful project that she, um, that she created. But I felt like she was always saying weird stuff. But this thing that she said recently for me was just like this is so sad and upsetting because I know that you know she's going to continue to be able to do whatever she wants and say whatever she wants so she tweeted something basically saying that anti-critical race theory legislation hasn't garnered the same corporate outrage as anti-gay legislation and then made this comment like well something should be written about it but I won't do it Of course you won't do it because you don't have the range. Why did you tweet it? When she was called out, it was all ego and all like, oh, look at these people that learn these words in grad school and no one talks like that in real life. And it was just like, you don't see all of those homophobes. Like you're using your platform to appeal to homophobes who act like Black queer people don't exist. And they're in your comments citing Dave Chappelle. But we're misconstruing your words. Are they? Are they? Are you addressing them? I didn't see you addressing the people that were saying Dave Chappelle said it best or you know how that goes, da, 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 da. But you care about queer people and didn't give a real apology. So I wanna cite Raquel Willis who summed up what I was feeling perfectly. She tweeted, it's very telling when a black cishet person thinks they have some profound insight on how white supremacy thrives in the LGBTQ community. It means they haven't interrogated their own trans queer phobia and don't listen to black LGBTQ folks who have always named it. That's what was upsetting. It was like this arrogance. And so to tweet that as if it's something that like is super profound or nuanced. And then the, like the resistance to criticism. I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand why people get to a point in their careers where they feel like they can no longer learn and be accountable to the people they claim to like speak for or do the work for. Anyway I know that was a lot but yeah.
1: (laughs) No I think it was really good and I think for me like it's that point where it's like people who don't want to be held accountable even though that they're positioned as like leaders or talking heads of a community. And part of me wonders if like the work is even liberatory to black people. I know we all have different definitions of what liberation means. And I'm someone who learned a lot of this stuff in an academic setting like them. And I have been called out for using academic language. So I've been trying to figure out a way to to relay like these theories and these ideas to real world people because it's like someone who's working two to three jobs and barely have time to sleep they don't care if i give them a talk on capitalism even though they're directly affected by it um so it's like how do we share this knowledge that we've had with the people who need it and I don't For me, it's like hard because academics can be condescending, uh, which is what we're seeing. It's one of the many reasons why I'm like, I'm done with school. I'm not trying to go to grad school. But it's like, how can we share the knowledge we learned um, in a way that's helpful to other people?
0: It's the brutality of going through these academic institutions for years. And like, yeah, I know it costs you something, but you still got so much to learn. Those institutions are not enough. You know, when you mentioned the McDonald's thing or the worker, Mm -hmm. I think we have so much to learn from like these labor movements happening, the Amazon thing, like these are not people that are sending your little seminars talking about Karl Marx or whoever y'all be quoting these days. These are people that see that this is wrong, see the exploitation. Um they have leaders that are helping people have the courage to say I don't want this anymore. We have a lot to learn from them. How are those people organizing? We got stuff to learn from them. I agree about the accessibility, but like I think it goes back to what you said earlier about it's okay to be loud and wrong sometimes. (laughs) I think that a part of this educating the community, I like to think of it as like community awareness. Like when I think about this whole idea of getting woke or when I got woke, it was me developing an understanding of who I am in this world and my relationship to this world. What white supremacy does to us, what capitalism does to us, it makes us very individualistic. We're not thinking about ourselves as a part of a community or ourselves as a part of this world and being impacted by the world. And I think a part of that journey is really messy. And you're going to say stuff. My getting to a point of like class awareness was very messy and musty for me because. Your girl had very like twisted ideas about like food stamps, welfare, mind you, my living with a parent that received all of those things for us. But I had all of these just, I don't even like to think about it. My professor, (laughs) I'm not going to say her name, but you probably know her, who I'm now friends with. We talked about it before. She was like, girl, you was... Mm, you was a mess when you got in my class like you were something else and (laughs) but I grew from that and we talked through it and I didn't get shamed for it you know and I got like lovingly called in about those different things but yeah we gotta allow people to be messy and figure it out social media may not be the place for that but a lot of these kids like you said They don't have the luxury that we had of being able to say this dumb shit that ain't recorded or (laughs) and write it. Um, So I really empathize with that because it's so hard to recover from the messiness of getting a certain awareness about the world. So I agree. And something
1: you reminded me of is uh, Chris Smalls, who was the man that created the first labor or the first labor union at Amazon in New York he I don't think he has a degree I don't think he was someone who like learned these things in an academic setting and that was actually something that Amazon used to guess him. they were like he doesn't know how to articulate and he's not worth listening to and he was the first <laughs> he was the person that was the first one to get a labor union against him so it's like it's people is everyday people who are observant who want better for themselves that are the ones who are leading liberation it's not people in these academic settings and i know a lot of people i saw this really funny tweet a while back that was like y'all will bring chitlins to your (laughs) defense (laughs) and be like (laughs) i'm doing this for liberation People would be like I'm blackening up Like my PWI by Doing (laughs) I don't know Like bringing soul food To a defense and that's Oh my gosh That's doing something revolutionary Sophista
0: ratchet Oh god (laughs) That's honestly anti-black to me Because I don't know what y'all are talking about Or the hood brunch (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a bunch of people, a lot of these people, this is a sad part, a lot of these people like the whole hood aesthetic, but they grew up middle class. And that's how I know you grew up middle A lot of y'all, not everybody, but a good chunk of y'all did. And
1: something uh, that you brought up was the idea of community education. And I know Fred Hampton was really big on that. And he didn't educate like community and say like these big words like intersectionality or um racial formation or, or homophobia queer, he was just like using these examples and being like you know we see these things in our community and here are ways to fight against it and stuff like that. And i think of the one i think of a lot is the papa doc in haiti and how papa doc was like if we get rid of white people we'll get rid of all of our problems they got rid of white people they still had problems because then the men um were the ones who were the oppressors patriarchy yeah <laughs> Yeah. So And he was using that to show how These things are interconnected
0: Like you're gonna lose People when you start making them feel like Cause And this is coming from somebody who I don't really be feeling that smart Like <laughs> when I'm around some people <laughs> Because y'all be talking And I'm just like this is a lot of Big words and I don't like Having a Google like what is this person <laughs> Cause I'm That and I have you know Even with the amount of education I have, y'all be losing me for real. And anytime you talking to me like that, I'm automatically getting offended. Like the ego in me is automatically like, oh, you think I'm stupid, (laughs) huh? (laughs) So nobody wants to feel like that. You start talking about the ruling class did this to the proletariat and and Karl Marx said da-da-da-da-da and Bordeaux, like, No. Nobody wants to hear that shit, okay? Let's talk about why the Amazon CEO or former, everybody was doing this thing with like, which I I felt like was just a way to diminish Chris Smalls when he addressed Jeff Bezos. Like he's not even the CEO anymore, but he was when this was starting. So all of that is irrelevant. Let's talk about why is this man a billionaire and we only making fifteen dollars or twelve dollars an hour how does that make sense when we are the reason he has all this money that's plain and simple like you get people thinking about why the fuck am i barely able to pay my bills and we are the one driving the the capital in in us in this place in this business i just feel like for a lot of people that's enough to get them energized some people are going to be scared because they don't want to mess their money up That's a part of the game too, to make those, the the other group of people be like, I don't want to risk it. It's too big for us. We don't, we don't have the power. We're all going to get fired. So I think we have a lot to learn from. We, they need to hold some workshops for us. Like Chris Smalls, get your money. You need to get to the bag. You ain't even got to work. You need to be doing workshops for academics to explain to them what the game is. At this point and make them pay you $100 a hundred dollars ahead. Like <laughs> or more. A hundred dollars is too low, but yeah. Anyway, did you have any other thoughts? Cause I'm rambling.
1: <laughs> Something else I see a lot of like the people who think in theory is that their theory is not very kind. Um, and what I mean by that is they'll be like, oh, so-and-so's not resisting 24-7, so they must not care about liberation. They must not care about being free. And it's like, girl, people are tired and they're just trying to survive. And it's like, we have to acknowledge that. And like you said, some people are going to be scared. Some people are like, all I can see is me paying my bills. This job pays my bills as it is. Like, I'm afraid that if I vote for a union, I'm going to lose this job and then I lose everything. So it's like, you got to be, you got to acknowledge that. And you got to be kind. You can't just always think in theory and think in absolutes because it's like the real world doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah. Some people are just really mean. Like there are a couple of people I followed at one point on social media. Cause let me tell you something. I'm not ashamed to say this in college. Now I was learning in acad- academia, academia, But I was also learning in, like, community workshops around race and and gender and all of that stuff. Um, Community meetings where they were actually talking about, like, initiatives in the city to support the community. But I also learned a lot from social media, following people who were talking about these things that I had never thought about. And so there are a lot of people that I follow. Some people I follow for years Um, but then there are people that I followed and all of a sudden it got weird. Like it's, it turned out like, oh, these people are kind of mean. Like they kind of just want to like show that they're smarter than everybody. And anytime you say one little thing, it's like, oh, you're stupid or you're this. And so, yeah, I think the intellectual, like superiority, that's not helpful. It's not helpful. And I, I automatically don't trust that the work you're doing is for us. So that's my, that's my take on that. <laughs> All right. Did you want us to go ahead and take a break? Yeah, we could take a break
1: thank you for listening to the hoodoo plant mamas podcast as always you can support the show by following us on instagram at hoodoo plant mamas and twitter at hoodoo plants you can also monetarily support our show by joining our patreon where we have a two dollar love offering or a five dollar all access tier which includes monthly mini sews, newsletters and plant content thank you again for listening and supporting us let's get
0: back to the show All right, so this next segment, I named Tussling with Gen Z because the girls is tussling with Gen Z. So I think I had talked about earlier watching older, usually like academic journalist types, try to denigrate young people when they call them out. But I think one of the reasons why people get really, um, are really resentful actually to young people is because there's often no room for like no room for like seeing that this person tweeted this. There's only so many characters and like an awareness of like, there's more nuance that can be added to this. This person is clearly just tweeting a thought and they don't have enough words to add the nuance or it's a thread and y'all are taking one tweet from the thread and then dragging the person. Some of that is why people are so resistant because You can say one little thing and next thing you know, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of accounts with anime profile pics calling you classes and homophobic and you hate black people. Like, (laughs) that's why I think social media is just not the place for most serious conversations. Um, But two, to, to kind of on the flip side, extend a little grace to young people is that I don't think there's actually a strong model of extending grace to folks on social media. And I think that they just kind of like continue to feed into that. I don't think our culture as a whole um, centers grace. And I've seen people who call themselves abolitionists destroy people online. Like, and I'm not talking about abusers and people that actually like did something terrible where I, I don't know if you are redeemable. But people that say certain things and have certain ideas and the more I like read and learn about abolition from folks who aren't talking about it just from the standpoint of like policing and prisons, but like the internalized police and prisons in our minds and bodies, I just don't understand coming down so hard on people, not even giving them a chance to like be better. When we've all fucked up we've all harmed people on different levels and I think we all deserve a chance to learn and do better no name is a prime example I did not participate in that but I remember when way back a few years ago she tweeted some wild shit and got dragged and then she went and did the reading and You know, she came back like most people do, where sometimes she can do a little much as far as like, sometimes she would be trying to have conversations on social media that I don't think she yet had the range for. And the only reason I would say avoid that is because people do like to pile on on black women. And I would see her arguing with people. And I I, I always want to be like, girl, these people don't deserve your energy. Go talk to the people that's reading with you and that's mentoring you these people will destroy you like emotionally um I definitely agree that
1: I would say like 85 90 percent of the time no name is right and she still gets a lot of undeserved hatred for it but something that I think I'm learning throughout this whole season and the things that we talked about is like the idea of revolution and liberation they are not like it's not always fighting in the streets sometimes it can be softness sometimes it can be love it can be grace it can be dreaming like it doesn't always have to be hard and violent which is something I always thought was like cliche but it is something I'm realizing like even when we talk about younger people and extending grace and how often they don't have models of grace I think it's because like the people who get the grace are often the ones that don't deserve it. And I say that thinking about, like, white men. I don't know if you saw the news. Louis C.K. just got a Grammy after, like, saying the N-word in front of audiences after showing his dick to some woman he wasn't supposed to. And Will
0: Smith (laughs) got banned for 10 years for slapping another man and people trying to make him give back his Oscar, so... Even though I say the slap, I think more than a slap was warranted. But people, listen, people get slapped every day and you can tell the people that are just too far removed from reality. If somebody went to jail every time they slapped somebody, we all, a lot of us going to be in jail. A lot of our parents going to be in jail. Let's talk about that.
1: Amen. (laughs) But... I was listening to Tea with Queen and Jay last year, and something that one of the hosts, Jay, said was like, she needs to see people's names, not names, people's ages in their bios. Cause a lot of people will argue with you on social media. And she's like, sometimes she's, she's, I think 39. She says sometimes she forgets that some people are children and they deserve different responses than like a 50 year old like a 19 year old arguing with her that race isn't real deserves a different response than like a 50 year old arguing with her that race isn't real so it's like for I really like that idea that it's like when you talk to younger people who may not know better it's not the chance to be like well I'm older than you and I know more than you I have these degrees I know more than you do no it's the chance to be like okay you're young you may not be there yet how can I hold space for where you're at, but also maybe <laughs> guide you <laughs> a, a, a more kinder, a more um,
0: realistic point of view? I find that questions are helpful. I have older friends. <laughs> Listen, I can still be a hothead about certain things. I've actually grown a lot, but I have had older friends. One of the ways that they've, try to get me to rethink things or or think about it in another way that's not so like hard and closed off and and inflexible was ask me questions now on social media the kids just like sometimes they just want to go they just want to argue and you have to divest but if you really want to engage them, ask some questions because when it when it, when you have to start thinking about the arguments you're you're making, that's not a good one, and it starts unraveling. I think that shit is so powerful and necessary. And we, if you ain't never had that happen to you, you're not doing the work. Okay, it's embarrassing. I have experienced where oh shit, it's like the art, the whole thing just is is done. Like girl, you ain't got a fucking you ain't got nothing to stand on you lose but that has to happen like that needs to happen in order for you to like expand your thinking around things and not be so limited I think a lot
1: of people don't want to admit that they're wrong and like You can admit you're wrong. I can admit that I'm wrong. But I also think that people are very human and no one wants to be wrong. And that's why everyone's fighting and bickering to be like, I'm right. No, I'm right. And sometimes both people can be right. Sometimes, like you said with those two people earlier, both of them are wrong. i think it's okay to be wrong because like if you're wrong and you admit that you're wrong then it's an opportunity to learn but a lot of people just don't want to be honest they just want to be like i know everything and if they don't feel everything then all of a sudden they're projecting onto you about how they know more than you just to try to feel some kind of
0: security i'm like girl it's okay to not know it's okay to be like i'm still learning i hate who i was when i first got woke in my early 20s like love to argue on facebook and twitter and always you know on these doing these long posts dragging people and now i'm at a point where one thing that's difficult in addition to admitting you're wrong or maybe you need to um rethink your stance because you got more information sometimes i just accept that like that person looks at that differently than me and i think that's okay I don't even know if I think that person is wrong. Sometimes I genuinely don't think people like for people that think that are really against what Will Smith did, for example. I don't think you're wrong for feeling that way. You know, it's not even my cause whether or not he was wrong. I think what I think is that the reaction to it is excessive. Some people think that it's fair. And that's fine. That's actually not something I'm going to argue with you because these people are rich and it doesn't matter. He's going to be fine. Like, it's not, some shit just ain't worth the argument. You know, if, if you look at, now when it comes to like the humanity of people, you you just wrong. Like, if if you are trying to debate the humanity of people, I'm not doing that. You're wrong. And that's it. Ain't no open-minded. <laughs> like, fuck that. So yeah I was just gonna say I agree I don't know if I have anything else (laughs) (laughs) no well I love what you said about have everybody's human and I really wanted to like end this talking about like why we need to listen to young people even when it's uncomfortable yeah we need to listen to them and let them talk it out and you know if we tweet something and and I don't know joanne or jojo with the anime picture in their bio start dragging you divest divest because they're just trying to learn and figure it out they're they're learning how to speak up for themselves and call out things Mm -hmm. even when sometimes it's a little short-sighted but we still they have so much to teach us
1: i want to say that even when it's uncomfortable i've noticed that more parents especially like millennial parents they tend to be a bit more attentive to their children, to what they have to say, even to like their children's needs. If a child says no, they're more likely to listen. Or if a child's like, I don't like this, they're more likely to like to do those things. It has, it is often harder for me to talk with older adults, like 50 plus, when it comes to children or when it comes to people who are like maybe 20 and younger. 'Cause they're like, no, I'm older than you, so therefore I know more than you do. And it's like, girl, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. And I think like we all have so much to learn from everybody, especially if you're someone who views like children as spiritual beings. Cause they they're fresh out of the womb. They're fresh into this world. And they have a lot of knowledge and wisdom that's probably innate to them. And I think a lot of that is like stomped out of them as they get older. So I think The more that we can listen to children,
0: they may have some answers that we need. Amen. We need to abolish the churches inside of us because that's really it. Like the not extending grace, the there's only one way to look at things you can't say you can't like stand up to your parents Or like I, you know all of these different ways That we've internalized that shit Not everybody you know grew up in church But I can definitively say a lot of what I still struggle with Or have internal battles with is rooted in like My upbringing in the church And even with me being raised mostly by my grandmother She grew up in the church too Like a lot of it is that too mm-hmm. Um, And I also want to say like patronizing the tiktok or woke generation like that shit it's it does a disservice to everyone because what i love about them is they're just not willing to tolerate the shit that we did or that we had to Mm -hmm. when i think about the jokes and stuff like comedians right now like they are a marginalized group if you ask them they are oppressed (laughs) the amount of like fat jokes homophobic jokes anti-black jokes that you could just get away with. And some of that shit, like early 2000s, I was laughing at. The Queens of Comedy was my shit. I can't even watch that anymore. Because, ooh, ooh, it was was rough. That's not gonna go anymore because y'all were punching down on the people with the least amount of power. Y'all not doing enough talking about the people with power enough for me. Why y'all always dragging fat people and gay people and, and women? I think that like every generation, like even going back to the 60s, there was that 60s and 70s shift to black power. There was a generational divide there because the young people were a little more like, fuck all that nonviolent shit. We shoot back. What's wrong with shooting back when somebody shot you? These kids have watched all their leaders be assassinated. The amount of black people that got assassinated between 1965 and 1970 alone, like leaders, high profile black leaders. What do you expect? I think that was important. It was important to be like, we stand up for ourselves. I'm a human being. I have feelings. Fuck all that sitting here taking it to show white people that they're human. And I'm not dissing that strategy at all. I think it's all necessary. But what I'm saying is every generation is seeing, they're seeing all of this, just like all, y'all, y'all's generation, saw Edgar Evers, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, all these people be assassinated. These kids are seeing what happened to Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, all of these different people. And they're saying, we don't want that shit anymore. And we're also like, this is how we see it. And this is the way we want to move. We're not going to do that homophobic shit anymore. We say black lives matter, all black lives matter. And so to like patronize them or not listening to them when they're coming up in this age and witnessing and seeing like black death and this violence against us in a very like hyper visible way that wasn't like that in the past. We knew it was happening, but it wasn't it wasn't a video of a black person getting shot going viral on the internet. They see it. So Listen to them, guide them, let them get messy, ask them questions so they can start thinking and and informing their own thoughts in a nuanced way. The frontal lobe is still cooking, okay? Let's remember that, especially with the pre-25-year-olds. The frontal lobe is still cooking. It don't matter what you say at that point. They still going to be a little delayed. (laughs) Like, you got to work with them. So, That's my stance. Do you have any other final final thoughts on that? Yes, I do. This is a little point I wanted to make is I do think
1: it's important to listen to young people, but I don't think we need to rely on them to change our future. And something that I saw, I see it all the time on Twitter, on social media. And it even happened to me when I was younger is that older adults and by older, I mean like just 30 plus, not even old, (laughs) not even old people. 30 plus, they'll be like, oh, I'm too old to fight you young people. It's your turn to try to change the world. And it's like, no, girl, like when you're a teenager, people are not listening to you. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources to really make the change that you want to see. It's y'all who have the money, it's y'all who have the resources and y'all wanna tap out. It's like, you can't just defer the future to younger people so you don't have to deal with it anymore. It's still your future too. Especially if you're like 35, you're probably gonna be here another 35 years. Like you still have work you can do too. And so I really hate how people will just be like, oh, it's on the young people now. No, this is a team effort.
0: <laughs> we are all in this together. Yes, listen to young people, but you need to be working too. Period. The last thing I'm going to say, we ain't even got to get on a tangent about it. Y'all want young people to vote, but then you talk down to them or you don't like the way they vote. You, you need to pick one. Okay. Like you either want our help. I'm still the young people. Cause I'm, I'm not 30 yet. First of all, I'm still in my twenties. <laughs> Barely, but like. You either want our help or you not, or you don't. You don't get to choose how we do that or, or like anyway it reminds me of when people are like we need black
1: people to vote in the which was that 2020 and then they voted for Biden and they was like no black it was mainly white liberals who were saying this they were like we need black we need to listen to the black vote blah blah, blah. and then when the black older people voted for Biden they were like no black people don't need to be voting anymore I'm like girl what
0: <laughs> the listen to black women Ooh, y'all want black women to be mules, and some some of them are proudly gonna be that for you. I'm not, okay. I want to go to sleep. I want to nap. I do not <laughs> want to work. Me I either. want to <laughs> listen. We we not doing. You could call me lazy or whatever you want. Okay, that's not what I aspire to be. I literally aspire to rest. Pleasure in all its forms Like if I could just do that And divest from the rest of the world I would I really would So Power to the people <laughs> <laughs> Alright So is that it for today That's all I got <laughs> Well you know Let's let's come up with a, another Slogan y'all can listen to black I mean I listen to most black women listen to the children shit like how about that okay and listen to your inner child that's that could be a conversation for another day but please it's okay sometimes you're just wrong and sometimes the kids are right and you need to log off (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right well If you like this podcast, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hoodoo Plants and Instagram at Hoodoo Plant Mamas. Stay tuned for our season finale (laughs) next episode. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye.